Chronicles. In today's episode, we'll be talking about Coach Allison's Granite Games breakdown. Uh, we'll also get into some of the uh, PRs and PR percentages from um, our testing week and, and why things happened the way they did. And our special guest today is uh, Coach Will Barker, and he'll be talking about and Will will be talking about uh, some things that he uh, he carries over to his personal training uh, or his personal training lessons that he gives uh, at his uh, at his gym. So first things first, Granite Games. Granite Games was first weekend or second weekend of September, right? September fifth through tenth. Six through the ninth. Six through the ninth. I was close. <laughs> um, so quick breakdown. It was a four day competition where. Uh, Before we get into the competition, though, we need to know about how Allison qualified for the competition. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, what's the story? Guys, she's wearing a gray shirt. <laughs> I guess he's pissed already. She was sweating. She was sweating. Let's just quickly go around and describe everybody's appearance. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get a visual for this story right now. So. Red hair. Red hair. Well, so the qualifiers, how long? It was three weeks. Three weeks? In June. How many workouts a week? Two. So six workouts that they like the Open ranked against the world. Um, how were those workouts? They were hard. <laughs> they were. <laughs> Which one was the hardest one? Um, Ooh, that's a good question. There's one that was like muscle ups, box jump overs, and deadlifts. And the you had to do like two rounds at each rep scheme, and then the weights got heavier and the reps got less. That one was pretty hard. And so every week, do they release two workouts that you complete? And yeah, it- you have from like Wednesday night to Sunday night, I think, <coughs> so similar to the Open. And they leaderboard every week? Weekend. Yeah. So yeah. you have an idea. Did you, I guess, were you confident the whole way that you would? No. Well, they only took the top 35, and I ended up 55, something 53, like that. 53, 54, yeah. Somewhere in the 50s. High 50s. But the way that the qualifier worked this year, the people who went team and individual all did the exact same qualifier, so then people ended up dropping out. But we found out when we looked at, through the names that I was second to last of the people that made it. So, so she squeaked <laughs> in. Just, just yeah. in. <laughs> she squeaked in, what was it? We had 36 competitors? 35. 35. And then she finished 17th out of 35 after squeaking in second to last. Oh, that's awesome. It's pretty yeah. sweet. So how many, how many people were trying to qualify? Do you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I would, I would say at least around 1,000. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's like scale division, right? Well, no. for teams, there's like scale division, intermediate, RX, pro. So there were like over 1,000 women. Yeah. Was, I think with the RX, there were, that was probably like the most of it, you think? One. Yeah, I'd have to check. Kieran's probably pulling up stats over here, our statistician. So while, while he's, he's fact checking us. While he's doing that, so money they, they they do the way they do it is they do cuts. So like on they send out invites for the first batch, people accept or decline, then that moves the, the tier lower and they send out batches. I think she literally got the last batch on the last day. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I was at home, like in Iowa. And I was accepting the fact that I wasn't going to make it. And then I flew back to Houston, and I got off the plane. I had an email. And I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Because <laughs> yes. they were like, all right, invites will go out that Monday or something. It was supposed to go out at, like, noon. At noon. And it was past noon. I, I didn't get mine until I got in Houston at, like, 7 p.m. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that was a pretty cool surprise to get off the plane. Yeah. That's awesome. I think she booked her <laughs> ticket to Minnesota that night. Yeah. 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 Because it was in, like, how, how long from your notice until the competition? I found out, like, the second weekend in July, and then it was the second weekend in September, so I had, like, two months. Okay. So there was at least 3,226 people who attempted the qualifier for women. Sweet. For women? Yeah. Wow. We were wow. off. That's huge. <laughs> we were missing 66%. Um, all right, so she qualified, she trained. Um, 
we didn't, you didn't know any events going forward except that there would be an open water swim. So and this is in Minnesota, right? Yeah, they told us about the swim like a month ahead of time. They didn't tell us what it was. They just said pro individuals will swim and no one else will. But we knew just based on previous years that they had open water swims and people said it was cold. So we Googled some stuff, and there was like, oh, yeah, temperatures range between 50 degrees and 70 degrees. And we're like, well, that's a large range, you know, like <laughs> a water temperature. Um, and turns out we got the low end when we, when we got there. Yeah, it was like 45 degrees in the, when we got off the bus that morning. But it warmed up by the time I had to swim, but the water didn't. So good segue, because that was her first event on Thursday. Then it was at an undisclosed location. And well, so ahead of time, they announced that it was an 800-meter open water swim. That was like a week in advance, and or maybe two weeks. But there was a 90-minute time cap, and that's all it said. And then we had an athlete dinner the night before on that Wednesday, and they said, oh, it's actually an 800-meter swim, a 4,000-meter row, and a 5K run. So that explained. And then he said, and the time cap really doesn't matter. We're staying until everyone finishes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was no way to cap out. We will float your dead body back. He was like, because <laughs> this event impacts the rest of the weekend, so everyone will do it. Yeah, when Merritt found out, Merritt, who was helping us uh, train, so Merritt's a collegiate swimmer, he was here last podcast, um, was helping us train, was telling me about, wow, 90 minutes. He's like, you might as well tread water if that's the time gap. Because 90, 90 minutes, it shouldn't take you 90 minutes. Because <laughs> if it takes you 90 minutes, you're drowning. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, we had a, a kind of a clue that there might be something else. So fortunately, we uh, we did some coincidental stuff and brought the rower to the lake and did some rowing and swimming combinations and swimming and running. Um, so I mean, I think she felt pretty excited and prepared, prepared for that. So you weren't surprised when they? I mean, obviously you were surprised, but you weren't thrown off your game, I guess. When. No, I was, like, happy because it was, like, the longer the better for me. Was anybody else upset about it? Any other competitors? You don't have to name Oh, them. yeah. <laughs> People are no, really mad about the shit. No, this shit's Well, so they told us that if you didn't do the swim, like, if you're scared or whatever, that you could take a 60-minute penalty. Or they had noodles. <laughs> and so within like the first probably 50 meters of the swim, someone was like, I need a noodle, I need a noodle. <laughs> but the night before there were people talking and they were like, yeah, well, you know, if you put your head in the water when you swim, it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> I was like, okay, I feel a little better about Okay, so well, time out, time out. So as somebody who has recently learned how to swim properly I can swim to survive but to swim properly putting your head in the water is not exactly where I feel comfortable that's like out of my element there's no oxygen that I can obtain in the water so having my face in the water is not exactly like intuitive to me yeah but it's funny because Frank was like, why is Taylor hyperventilating whenever she's in a pool like I don't understand why you're struggling to breathe and then yet this you decide to go swim, and then you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. You I only get, get to breathe every three strokes? This sucks. Two strokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, luckily, like, Merritt had helped us swim last year, so we'd already been practicing, and then we took a few months off, so it was just, like, refreshing. But getting in cold water is a lot different breathing than getting in warm water, and I was... Struggling. She, we had a wetsuit. We had a two millimeter, three millimeter wetsuit. Yeah, they let us have like five minutes in the water to just like test it out or whatever. And I put my head <laughs> in the first time and I was like, <gasps> and like I couldn't breathe and it was a little scary. So my swimming wasn't, I hope Merritt didn't watch too much of it, but you know, it got better <laughs> as it went. No one could watch it. I started out at the very back and I was like, it's fine, just survive. And then I started catching people as I went and got more comfortable. So oh, that was nice. good. So she came out the water, what, middle of the pack? Like 15? No, I was like 20th or so. 20. And then oh, I caught yeah, people like on the Oh, yeah, you were like 20 to 25. Yeah. Because when nice. you could see they had the camera on the rowers, and the rowers were all stacked, and they basically, you first came on first serve, so the rowers would fill up. And just from the awful Facebook feed <laughs> that they had was you can count how many people were coming in. And so, like, I... 
I mean, I was sitting in my hotel room and I was like sweating balls. I was like, oh my God, did she drown? Because like, <laughs> we're, we're 20, 21 rowers in and she's like nowhere to be seen. I'm like, well, this is already more than half the field. Did she get a noodle? But yeah. <laughs> I finished my swim in like 15 and a half minutes. And in practice, I never finished under 20. So either the distance was different or something happened. <laughs> Merit says she swam fast because it's, it's like the energy kicks in differently, you know. And so finally you see her come up and she hops in a row at like 23rd or so. And then I was like, okay, this is like, this is her, her, her jam. Like her, this is the her, domain. Yeah. The domain where she like can catch people. And, Another thing you know, she I think she closed on that like three, four. I think people. I caught four or five people on the row, and then someone caught me on the run. Yeah. Do you open your um, like being in open water, and looking into murkiness? Yeah. That freaked me out because I was like, if I see a mouth coming at me of any kind, like, I'm like <coughs> do you like keep your eyes open when you're yeah. in open water swim still? Mm-hmm. I mean, because, it's cloudy enough, right? Yeah, like, I mean, you can't see anything, but then, like, when I would pull my head out to spot, I wasn't, like, trying to open my eyes and, like, you know, everything. So did you try to spot every certain number of strokes? Yeah, I would, like, well, so when I practiced, I always did, like, three strokes in a breath, but then when I was actually going, I could only do two because mm-hmm. I was, like, couldn't breathe, and so I would, like, either go every time I breathe or every other time I breathe. Mm-hmm. And each time would you like look ahead to make sure you were yeah. going in the right direction? Yeah. They luckily had giant buoys there that were easy to see because that was one thing I learned practicing was that I swam to the wrong dock a few times. <laughs> yeah, well, like we would we'd run and be like, no, that's way. We'd like wave. And uh, so there was actually one point we were at the lake and Merritt was way out in the water. So was Allison. He was, he was watching her. Merit's a great swimmer, so he can like just do whatever in the water and, and still float. All right, is that enough Merit kernels here? <laughs> Guys, you need swim awesome. lessons. You need swim lessons. Hit up Merit. I'll drop his phone number at the end of this podcast. Uh, ladies, he is single. Uh, <clears throat> so like he was in the water, and I'm sitting on the dock, and they're pretty far out, and all I see is Merit sticking both hands up the water and and waving. I think maybe it was one hand. And do you remember his one hand your hands? I'm pretty. I mean, he might as well have had two hands adjusting his his speedo cap or something. While like, still floating. While still floating, like it, he was magical. And still swimming faster than me. <laughs> Asshole. Um, so we were working on getting her to swim in a straight line. And he waves at me, and I couldn't tell if it was like, "Hey, you need to wave your hands so we can see you," or "Hey, she's drowning." <laughs> so I was like, I put my hands up and I started waving, and then I realized like. This symbol is like the like crossing your hands over your head and like waving back and forth is like the universe symbol for like help. And then I noticed people were looking at me, and then I just <laughs> put one hand up and then just waved. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I realized they were trying just trying to find a target. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So day one, that was the first of it. And then they were like, "Oh, rest." They fed them, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, and then they transferred them to another undisclosed location with an undisclosed workout until they got there. Which ended up being at a ski resort. And we had to do 50 GHG sit-ups and then 30 cleans with a uh, rec bag, which is like a sandbag. And then put the sandbag on your back and walk 400 meters up the ski slope. Wow. How steep was that? <laughs> so imagine a ski resort right. where they take you from like the starting... like house or whatever and they you know put you in like it was at least a blue slope (laughs) it wasn't a bunny hill it was just like that thing went straight up so the bottom it was like pretty steep and then it like leveled out a little bit and then the top part was just like you were just going straight up in my mind I was like looking at it I was like man I wonder if they're gonna like try and run up this thing you know because you see like Katrin and Ben they're always talking about the blue hill and like Mm -hmm. running up that and sometimes it'll be weighted and whatever else terrible for them and then there was a few a few chicks like last few steps would try and like sprint to try and either get closer to somebody or try and catch somebody but those last few steps utterly miserable so yeah after running and then walking up that hill my hamstrings were toast oh yeah and that was with the uh the bag yeah it was 50 pound bag that's yeah (laughs) yeah 
And, like, you can't catch your breath because you're, like, hunched over with the bag on your back, like, trying to walk up the hill. So then I was, like, lifting it a little bit off my back so that I could try to, like, give my lungs a break. But then, like, that's routine when it's hard. It was just, like, there's no winning. (laughs) Just keep walking. Yeah, before it, Frank was, like, just don't walk. He's, like, you know, if you have to take, like, if you have to run like 10 steps and then like take three steps walking and then like run 10 more like just don't walk and I got off the, the sandbags and I was like yeah don't walk okay <laughs> well like we had minimal communication because like they let them bring their phones out there but there, there's only so much I can't call or like I'll text her so like the first day they took us on a bus right away and like we didn't know where we were going no spectators no coaches like there was no music it was just like you're out there. It was a cool concept because what did so John Swanson runs the thing and he was like, I wanted this to be to like if any spectators or coaches came, they escort them out because they wanted to be about the athletes and get them to start talking to each other. Use that first day as an opportunity to like, hey, this is your time to get to know each other. Like, mm-hmm. and it was really cool because like for the, everybody on the bus like sat and talked. Like it wasn't like people just like put in headphones or sat on their phone. Like everyone actually talked to each other and like. When we ate lunch, like, people are just sitting around, like, chatting, and, like, it was really cool. Nice. Um, I think we'll come back to that as a segue to, like, what it was like to compete against, like, all those elite women. Yeah. Um, but so, like, she came back, recovery, eat a lot, lead a shit ton. Yeah. Thursday, I ate as much as I could. And then, uh, we, uh, Friday, two events, Saturday, two events, Sunday, two events. Sunday was three. Sunday was three. Um... And, I mean, given, given that, I mean, what, what was your, your daily caloric intake for, yeah, for those four days? I don't know. Were you, were you tracking it? Uh, or were you tracking your expenditure? Well, I had, like, my whoop. Right. To so track. it was estimated. Yeah. So her nutrition coach was like, hey, like, track, but, like, eat he, as like, much as you He, like, told me can. to eat my basic macros as a minimum. And then he's like, if you need more food, eat it. Like, primarily protein and carbs but the first day I probably eat like 5,000 calories so shout out to Mike Malloy from <laughs> M2 Performance Nutrition yeah. but yeah my mom made Fruity Pebble Rice Krispies so I crushed a lot of those shout out to Ann Ross <laughs> <laughs> when you woke up the next day how sore were you? Uh, my like posterior was just really tired man I wonder why you felt so great <laughs> Frank made me ice bath. I cried because he told me 10 minutes and then he told me 12 and I was like, I'm getting out at 10. You made it 10 minutes? Yeah. That was horrible. But I guess it worked okay. What was the... Uh, so if you look on the leaderboard... Do you have the leaderboard pulled up? Um, so in her, in her leaderboard, I believe she had a, a last place finish. She had a like third or fourth to last place finish two or three top ten finishes and then the rest were like around 20 15 to 20 area um so Kieran has it pulled up first three events we had 18th 23rd 33rd mm-hmm. thruster run was ninth. on the rope was the heavy rope was 23rd mm-hmm. winter max snatch was 7th the drag race out in the field 13th 331 intervals was 13th, double feature one was 35th, and then the last event was 10th. Um, so, a couple things so that we can give you all your placings. Um, I wouldn't say all over the board, if anything, can relatively consistent outside of those two uh, outliers. Uh, what do you? What was your favorite event? And also, like, what was your most rewarding event? I think my favorite event was the interval one. It was like three rounds, three minutes on with a minute of rest in between. You had to do an 18 calorie bike buy-in and 20 toes to bar. And then you had shoulder overhead with an axle bar. But it was really similar to like the one that they did at the games that we had done in training a few weeks before. Oh, what a coincidence. Wow. <laughs> and I generally like the bike, so that part was kind of fun. I think the cool thing about that one was too on Flow Elite when they streamed it. And uh, I was in the lead for a lot of the workouts so they had a camera on <laughs> and I was like, oh, whoa. <laughs> so the whole event they had the camera on her and she was on the big screen. Yeah, was, I, was, I was leading in my heat. And they said cross the drive and they said Allison Ross yeah. like, quite a few times which was pretty cool. 
And like since there was given rest, Shout out like to CrossFit derived real quick. <laughs> but since I had a minute rest each time, I was like, I could actually absorb that the camera's on me versus like, just like there was another event in the drag up. race. Like I took off a little too hot and I was in the lead, but I had no idea because everyone was going at once right. and like it's so quick. Yeah. Like so that was cool because it was like oh like I I knew that I was in the lead. Yeah, I that was one thing that was cool about that that, that weekend was like seeing her like all right you're against this field of women so it's just like everybody's good. You know, so it's just you're out completely out of your zone because you have to go because like everybody's gonna be going. So it's just like if you fall too far behind in the beginning, it was really difficult for anybody to catch up because the women were so good. Yeah, I think the most rewarding event for me was the very last one because so the it was like a two part event where you had a forty foot handstand walk, twenty muscle ups, forty foot handstand walk, and that was a five minute cap and then a minute rest, and then you had a 40-foot overhead walking lunge, 20 hang squat cleans with the dumbbells, and then a lunge back. And that also had a five-minute cap. And I did really bad on the muscle-ups. Like, I ended up in last in that event. And I was, like, really frustrated with how they were going and, like, everything. And then I had one minute to reset and, like, just move on and do the dumbbell one. And I ended up getting, like, second in my heat in that event. So just, like... Being able, yeah, like 10th overall, so being able to just mentally like reset and move past it, even though it was like really frustrating for me, was a 60 seconds, yeah, get your shit together, like to go from like I wanted to cry to like okay, like you have to go attack this workout. Karen, when when you first met Allison, what was how did you first see her? <laughs> the first time I saw Allison working out, she was doing deficit pull, deficit snatch pulls, and there were just tears streaming down her face <laughs> because she was so angry about having to do these. So, <laughs> so I, I imagine a similar, <laughs> similar experience happening then. So she was at the rings were right where I was standing. I was standing right behind her, and she gets to it and she looks at me. She has that look that you're talking about. Do you remember what I said? When the clock beat? I think you said move on. Yeah, I, I looked at it and I said, hey, move on. And like her face changed and I was like, that's the start. You know, like, to like, move on, you have more to do. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Like, we're not done yet. Like, this is not how we're ending our weekend. Yeah. You know? So that's something that's, I think, easy to say. And it sounds simple to do, but. Anybody who's actually played sports knows that that may be the hardest thing to actually do. Yeah. So did you have to really talk yourself into it, or was there just no time? Or There wasn't much time, but I think it was like... So muscle-ups were frustrating for me because it's the thing that I've probably worked the most on since I joined Arrive. So, like, to still be like... They're my... Like, I'm a lot weaker than the rest of the field was frustrating. But then it was like... I knew, like, that I could do the dumbbells and that was just going to be a lot of mental push and it was like okay show people that you do belong here like you can do this so I think it was I don't know like it took a second but I think she had a lot of practice too just from like on the daily some some days are harder than others yeah it's it's so amazing like the difference that uh, like a mental uh, reset or just uh, you know getting your mind right yeah can, can make a difference in terms of your you're like hitting the, your actual capabilities. Yeah. Like so many, I think it's so many people just just work on pushing their their limits in their training, but it might not necessarily end up. They might not even be able to hit what they're capable of if they're not training their their mind too. Well, and it's amazing because like you'd like be in the warm up area and then they call you your heat and you'd end up standing around for like twenty to thirty minutes with your heat and like people in the warm or when you're waiting to go out would just be like oh I just can't wait for this one to be over like oh this is the one I've been dreading and like the people who said that it showed mm-hmm. and so it was just like even if it was an event that like wasn't something that I was like oh this is in my wheelhouse it was like no like you can do this like and like getting that mindset beforehand and not being like oh I just want this to be over because it was like you only have so many events in the weekend and like it's fun being out on the floor, even if it's not like, oh, I really love muscle-ups. <laughs> like you have to, I think to a certain extent, you have to want to be there. Yeah. And all those girls, not that they take it for granted, but 
you know, sometimes like the thought or the place you put yourself is where you're going to be, you know, at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I think that that happens on a daily basis like mm-hmm. in the gym. It's like if somebody comes in with like say a little bit more negative attitude, like the way you come in with like the, the person you come in with that day, that's probably the person you're going to leave with unless you like make an effort to change it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so uh, your thoughts are just going to manifest. Mm-hmm. Just, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think everybody's scared of sure, but there's nothing wrong with fear. Well, or like if you go in with the attitude of like, <coughs> oh, this is going to hurt. I don't want it to hurt. Well, the second you start hurting, it's like you don't want to push. Whereas like if you're like, it's going to hurt, but I can do this. Like when it starts to hurt, it's just like keep going. You can like you can do more thrusters. You can bike harder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting concept. It's just like Kieran said, everybody, if you've ever played sports, you've experienced something like that, you know, or done something competitive, you experience something that's like, oh, well, this is uncomfortable, of like accepting it mm-hmm. or or you, you fall to it, you know? I think I read something the other day that it was like, you know, in, in workouts, like you're not suffering. Like there's true suffering in this world and like this workout you're not suffering like you're just actively seeking discomfort Mm -hmm. and so just even that alone like just having a mental shift like it is going to feel as bad as you know you interpret it to feel um but i think like that's just i think for a lot of people like even if you just come in the gym even if you're not like a super competitive athlete like that's that's what we're trying to work on the most every single day like that's keeping you from getting to the next level of your progression on a gymnastic movement or whatever else. And I think like that's where the bread and butter of this whole thing is. Yeah, that's what's so amazing about CrossFit is that there's so many different skills to learn. Yeah. And there's such a huge mental element to, mm-hmm. to training and to just getting better that uh, somebody can come in and you know work equally hard as somebody else but if they don't have the right mindset they might not be even improving their skills mm-hmm. at all yeah so i mean it, it's, it's just one of those things that people come in to crossfit and their goal is you know 99 percent of the time is to just get healthier or look get naked mm-hmm. and so it's just there is no intended goal of like trying to train their brain but we can kind of insert little things on a daily basis to get people to, you know, think more positively or talk more positively. So, um, we've, uh, you know, we'll say things to people, we'll chat with people to make sure that they're in the right mental space before, you know, they take on a workout or we might like to check on people and make sure they're okay before they do like a tough workout or, Hey, do we need to scale and things like that? I also think CrossFit's kind of self-selecting for a person who's of a particular mindset because mm-hmm. it's tough to put yourself through it every day unless you're really dedicated and really interested in it. So yeah, yeah. I think it's not necessarily something that a lot of people have to overcome because they're so I guess, already in that mindset. Yeah. A lot of people want to think that what they're doing is enough. Yeah. And it's hard whenever you come up against something and, and you find out for a fact, like whatever you've been doing, whether that's for your job or whatever, like it's not enough. Like you have to do more if you actually care about getting better. And so CrossFit is not like one of those things that pats you on the back. Like yeah. it's always a litmus test every single time. And it can be fun. You, if you look at it the right way, it can be a fun litmus test. But it's just a constant like constant feedback about where you are. Well, I think with that, we'll segue unless there's anything else in the Granite Games. Um, congratulations, Allison. Great yes. job. We've got a, a long season ahead of us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, we'll segue into, like, uh, with Will. So, we just talked about, like, how people come in. It's kind of self-selected. People do cross it because of the difficulty or the challenge that it provides. Um, so, just the background. We'll, we'll coach it. At, at Derive for quite a quite a while when we first opened, and uh, he uh, eventually did his own studies and got to do his own thing, and now he does personal training um, at, at a local uh, high end facility, and um, 
He does no, no shout out this time. No <laughs> shout out. This time. Um, so, I guess with, with with that being said, you know, what is it like having to change cultures, environment, people, schedule, having all those changes, going from a group session with like eight to twelve people to a one on one session where they're like, okay, hey, I'm paying you to help me reach my goals, like. You know, what kind of goals do you hear that you're like, whoa, what do I do with this? Or, hey, what's your motivation? You know, what do I do with this? Yeah, I mean, it's completely different than, than um, the CrossFit environment. And, you know, it's, uh, in a lot of ways, it's, it's easier. But because you're not dealing with um, as many uh, logistical issues as running a CrossFit class, yeah. that's one of the things I've gotten <laughs> most rusty with, for sure. But... Um, in a lot of ways, it's uh, it's hard to work. Well, so another thing is that people that go to CrossFit, in general, from what I've seen, is they have they're a little bit more. I don't want to say more dedicated, but their goals are generally different. And a lot of the people that I work with have just very simple goals, like I just want to maintain, or I just want to. Not, not even a lot of them want to even get better. They're just like, oh, I just want to be healthy. I want to be in a routine. Huh. What definition? I just, you know, like, <laughs> like you said, they want to, they want to look good naked, but they don't. They. <laughs> How many times a day do you hear the word toned? Like, I want to oh, be toned. Oh goodness! Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll like typically when I'm meeting with somebody for the first time, we'll be running through their what their goals are for themselves and. It's always like, I want to lose fat in these specific areas. <laughs> I want to get tones. Um, but some of them are coming in with like pain that's like chronic pain, like low back or knees. Or that's kind of cool to work with. That's exciting to work with. Yeah. So that, that way it's, it's a good, you know, you, you get to use your pragmatic skills and problem solving and doing stuff like that, which is, is great because you have complete control of their schedule. And um, for most of these people, I'll, I'll create their re- weekly routine. And if, uh, you know, some of them don't do any homework, but we'll <laughs> when we meet, it's. Do you like, usually get homework? Yeah, yeah, I mean, for the most part, like for people, let's say, like I train somebody twice a week. Um, if they are willing, then I'm, I'm giving them probably two extra like homework things to do. And most of the time I'll train somebody, we'll do mostly lifting and I'll give them uh, cardio type of workouts to do mm-hmm. because I feel a little bit more comfortable with them doing cardio without my supervision. Totally. So So do they do it there at your facility? Yeah, usually they're they're just doing it there or if you know some of them will go outside and run. But we, we do have a lot of group classes, like cycling classes, things like that that they can do. So you'll personal train them and would they do it at that same time? They'll come back and they'll do the cardio stuff or they'll do it on their own time? Yeah, they'll just, uh, I'll tell them like, hey, for meeting Monday and Wednesday and we'll lift on Monday and Wednesday. I want you to uh, do cardio on Tuesday and Thursday or mm-hmm. Tuesday and Friday or something like that. So it's just like a one hour session with you on those Mondays and Wednesdays? Yep. yep. Oh, gotcha. Exactly. But... Yeah, I mean, it, it, I really get the, the a, a range of people's goals. Like some people that are just not very motivated, but they they just want the guidance. They don't want to think about it. They just they want to say. Some of them are just like, oh, you know, I have a trainer, and they want to tell their friends that they have a trainer. And what <laughs> have you had that? Uh, I mean, maybe not that they told me that specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you can kind you of can tell. Just tell. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, if I'm gonna fit in with my friends, they all have trainers. Like, What's your average age? Um, a range. Uh, I mean, my range probably from my age, which I'm 29, so I think I do have a couple people around 29, 30, <clears throat> up to I think my oldest is um, mid 60s. Oh, sweet. So I mean, that's like our, that's like direct. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. Actually, my older clients are, are some of my favorite ones because they're they're really motivated. Yeah. Usually, um, they're not just there to mess around. Yeah, if you're like, working out at sixty five. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you. They're my most most badass clients. Are you prescribing mobility as part of your homework too, or is that? 
Because I feel like yeah, if they need it. Yeah. Uh, and we usually do mobility stuff as part of our uh, routine. And if they need stuff to like, if they're really bad, I'll I'll say like, hey, you, you got to do this every time you get to the gym. It's like start out with you know whatever it is. Of course, those angles. So when you're <laughs> lifting, is it primarily like squats, deadlifts type stuff, or is it like? Yeah, we do mostly compound lifting. Um, try to stay away from most machines. Of course, we have the the range of you know plate uh, you know plate stack machines in there. But um, you know, if people are able to do this stuff, then I'm I'm starting them out like with uh, like from derived like foundations, move foundational movements. Like we learn like how to squat. Like these natural Um, with a couple of people. So there's there's one guy I have that's really in, interested in Olympic lifting, and, and we work on that. But I probably make ninety percent of my clients do the powerlifting exercises. So we'll we'll be doing squats, deadlifting, um, bench press, and <laughs> um, yeah. But we'll like I'll have a progression. Mm-hmm. that we'll start with you know air squats then we'll be doing goblet squats then we'll be doing um, you know if they don't have any issues we'll go to a barbell and do back squats and then working on mobility if they can get into a front squat position and then I've even given overhead squats to some people um, but yeah it's a uh, do you feel like, I mean, um, have you been able to, like, retain clients pretty well? Do you find that, like, once these people start with a trainer, like, I feel like if I had you as a trainer with the amount of knowledge that you have and, like, just your energy, like, I'd be like, man, I'm not ever getting rid of my trainer if I could already afford it, you know? Um, do you feel like you're able to get a lot of people to buy into some of these things that you have them do? or? Yeah, I think the buy-in's there because they see the results. And we do periodic check-ins. Um, we use this uh, in-body body composition measurement thing, use, use that. which you've uh, that checked nice. out. Um, but I mean, that's just like an estimation. It's like a bio bio mm-hmm. impedance machine. But it gives them it's, it gives them something to show. Yeah, it, it's some numbers. So it's just like checking the scale every day. You know, yeah. you're just keeping track of of progress. But it, it gives you your estimated body fat percentage. Uh, muscle mass and all this other stuff so we um, usually we see a lot of good results when we start training and I'll retest after two months oh sweet oh we're up three pounds of muscle we're down body fat and uh, I I give people general uh, nutritional guidance but I'm not writing nutrition plans for them right but so what exercises do you do if someone wants a thigh gap (laughs) (laughs) we actually use machine for that here's the exercise is go to the grocery store (laughs) buy some vegetables (laughs) get in a caloric deficit (laughs) (laughs) she asked if Frank wants to know (laughs) there's some clients that have that really insists on doing like those uh Machine. Oh, where you close the legs? Hip adductor. Adduction. Abduction, adduction. Um, one. I hate those machines. Good good girl, bad girl machine. (laughs) I used to see those in college and I used to watch people do it and be like, man, that looks so interesting. I really want to know what it feels like, but I'm not getting on. Very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, but I get good buy in because I see results. And I try to make the stuff that I do fun. So we're finishing with, usually we're doing some sort of metabolic conditioning at the end, even if it's only like five minutes, yeah. you know, something so where they finish and they're like, oh, I did something. Yeah. Oddly enough, that uh, today on my time hop, it popped up like me with a, my, my trainer that I had, I had a personal trainer for a while. And it was like him putting me on a treadmill for like crazy sprints or like whatever else. I remember like doing it and just like, yeah, fuck yeah. But like mm-hmm. normally all we would do is lift. But yeah. So what is like a metabolic conditioning for when you're trying to split? So on the little shake board that you have. <laughs> yeah, the uh, vibration point. You do any CrossFit? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, or excuse me. Functional. Constantly varied. Yeah. Functional, functional fitness. fitness. 
yeah. uh, perform the in high intensity. Perform at a high intensity. <laughs> we do perform, yes. Uh, well, so I'm kind of limited to the space and the equipment that we have in there. So we do have some cool things, like we have a, a small piece of turf um, oh, cool. and a sled. So that's really, uh, I, I, I know for a fact that I can get people's heart rate up. <clears throat> If they push the sled. So. Oh yeah, that is like, <laughs> like completely functional. A lot of the other things, like they could sandbag, uh, yeah. but like push a sled down and back. It's yeah. like it's it, it takes work. So we'll, we'll do that. Like I've had people toss medicine balls, do like wall, wall balls, um, uh, kettlebell swings, stuff like that. Um, a lot of the stuff, I just try to make it so where I know they're not going to be at risk of injury. Uh, yeah. So since a lot of them are not familiar with you know high reps, um, especially Olympic movements or even you know uh, deadlifts or squats and things like that. Yeah, keep that to your strength training. Yeah, I yeah. generally just just um, <clears throat> load them heavy with those lifts, and um, I'll do things that that I know that they can keep good form for high reps. Yeah. Um, Burpees. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> um, so given, I, I don't know how many clients you have, but what's it like, you know, programming for, you know, say you had 20 clients, you know, what's it like programming for those 20 individuals? Mm-hmm. You know, is it is it, when you first started, was it kind of a daunting task? You know, is it, is it a little better now? Yeah, for sure. It was it was pretty tough at first um, because you're really trying to individualize every program um, and really, I mean, they're definitely all individualized, but I've gotten to the point where I can kind of streamline uh, the programming yeah. and since all their movements are following a progression that I have and so I'm not going to throw a certain movement in there if they're not ready for it. And so that makes it pretty easy, um, or I've just gotten better at it, you know, yeah. through practice. But I just try to, every, unless it's a split routine, that's like a full body routine that we're doing, I'll include some sort of lower body, upper body, and just make sure the whole program has like a hinging pattern, squatting patterns, pushing, pulling, um, and then usually some sort of carries, uh, and then like core stabilization yeah. exercises. Sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think we do some of those. Yeah, yeah. We do yeah. a little bit of those in CrossFit. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's just a, it's a lot of the same movements. It's just organized a little bit differently in a way that I can do one-on-one. So um, yeah, a lot of the things that, that I can do, I, I wouldn't be able to do in a class setting. Yeah. So that gives me a little bit more you know, options there. For sure. Have you had to have a difficult talk with like a client or an athlete where you're like, hey, if you want to reach these goals, I need you to say work harder or not do these things or eat better. Like have you have you had to have those sit downs? Yeah, definitely. It's so some people some people are there to just have fun and I I can tell that they're not as concerned about you know these like hitting a certain body fat percentage or a certain number and you know those people if they they might not be making results as fast as they could but I could tell like they're they're enjoying the process yeah I'm just gonna leave it like that yeah like I'm not gonna mess up a good thing by trying to say like hey you need to really like shape up your nutrition or whatever yeah but if if somebody comes to me and, and they're saying hey I, like what's going on like I haven't lost any weight um then I kind of like have a have to have like the hard talk where like hey remember when I told you like the first time we met like this is the the nutrition stuff you're gonna have to work on like uh like I'll, I'll get I'll try to get a lot of people off sugar um, and then if you're, they're trying to lose weight, um, I'll say like eat, ease up on like any dairy. Um, and, and some people, they like to, uh, be like gluten-free or if they have the allergy, then, um, then I'll, I'll kind of recommend those things. And that just, 
all those things are just trying to achieve a caloric deficit if they're yeah. trying to lose weight. And so it's just easy ways to do that because uh, the sugar, the, the dairy products are always just high calories. Yeah. So if you can get those gone, <coughs> their daily calories are going to go down anyway. I mean, the sugar intake for a lot of people is just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. They'll be like, oh yeah, I have three monsters when I'm at work every day. <laughs> Do you have any horror stories? Of, uh... Sessions gone bad. <laughs> Sessions gone because we all, I, I mean, like, I'm sure Kieran's experienced it, or Allison or Taylor or myself have coached it, and, I'll, you know, at this point, I'm sure you've experienced it, like, you have a class, and you're like, the hour's over, you're wiping your forehead, and you're like, what the fuck did I just do? Yeah. Like, oh my god, everybody hates me, everybody's leaving. <laughs> like, I'm getting fired, you know? Like, Probably more in CrossFit than <laughs> in personal training. But uh, no, nothing too bad. Like, I've had somebody tweak their back lifting with me, and then they were out for a month. Yeah. That wasn't, that didn't feel good. Because that was the worst. That's why right, bad. That's, that always sucks because you're blaming yourself yeah. for, for what, in the end, was like they're controlling their body. So it's, uh, <laughs> I reversed my opinion on this. It was their fault. I told them how to lift. Way to shit They're doing it right. They just did it wrong. All of a sudden, they just like, whoop. It's like, what was that? Turtle mode. Like, that last one kind of hurt. Yeah. I was watching you, and you really screwed that last one up. Specifically told you not to do that. I think that's the worst, especially like working with someone. It's just like you're you're trying to develop so much trust with someone one on one, and so it's like finding that balance of I'm pushing you, but we're working on what you need to be working on, like we're keeping you safe, and you know all those things. Oh yeah, that's a huge balance that I have to that I'm struggling with constantly is is trying to do the things that they want that they think they need to do, and the stuff that I know that they need to do. Mm-hmm. And that's always not, I mean, that's not always going to be fun for them. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we have to, if you want to re- like get those results, we're going to have to put in yeah. metabolic work. Right. And not You're just, going to have to breathe hard. Not just like squeeze your thighs in and out 50 times. <laughs> and I do work with a lot of trainers that are spending like 30 minutes of their hour-long session doing these like, um, you know, prehab, small movement exercises that yeah maybe that's gonna help a little bit with their imbalances but in the end like what are the people's um like they're not they're not gonna feel like they got any real work they need to be under load i mean you can a lot of the things you can correct while they're while they're moving with real movements yeah like compound exercises like if their knees are caving in just like get them to drive their knees out and it's um, unless they're under a maximal load they can kind of adjust where yeah. they are and so you don't always have to do uh and like 30 exercise. minutes of clamshell type of exercises just yeah. to you know get them moving so that's my philosophy on that. i believe if you need more than 10 minutes to warm up you need to find a better warm up yeah you know yeah and uh a weightlifter, a weightlifter, prominent weightlifter that that uh, I talked to before. Uh, he uh, he was an Olympian. He was like, "Guys, you know what the best exercise to warm up a squat is?" And everybody's you know, like, raise your hand. Everybody's got their idea. Shoot ideas. He goes, "You are all wrong. Just squat." <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, got it. Like, yeah, just get a move. Like less load, no load, just move." is specific to the, the move. What is the most specific warm-up exercise to a squat? Uh, a squat. <laughs> Damn. That's exactly the same. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, for sure. Sweet. Well, thanks for, for the, that, that, that input. Of course. Feedback and stories. Catch Will every Thursday in weightlifting class. <laughs> yeah, every Thursday or so. Okay. so. Or whenever a coach is out of town to see Will. <laughs> These schools got me working out at 5 a.m., so oh. it's tough sometimes. Yeah. Um, it, it was, 
it's interesting because people were like, hey, who's this redhead guy who just started coaching? <laughs> And we're like, oh, that's Will. He like he used to be here for a long time. We're like, oh, hey, like, oh, he was he was pretty good. He knows his stuff. I was like, yeah, he knows Will knows a lot. Who's this drop-in guy? Yeah, this yeah. drop-in guy that's all of a sudden leaving our classes. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have any buy-in when I'm coaching. They're yeah. like, I don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look small. <laughs> Joking around too much. Living my life. Um, all right. This last topic, this will be the shortest one, we'll talk about testing week. Um, this is relative to pretty much everybody who was here two weeks ago, not this week, the week before. Um, so we had front squat on Monday, clean and jerk and snatch on Tuesday, bench on Thursday, deadlift on Friday. This last like 10, 11 weeks, we focused on like building strength. So it was a little bit difficult to see from like beginning of testing cycle to this one because not everybody tracked their stuff, but what we did is we just took kind of percentages based on who showed up and how many people like logged a PR. Um, so just some percentages real quick. We had 54% of the people that showed up on Monday, 54% PR'd. Um, for clean jerk and snatch, it was 37 and 37% on Tuesday, PR'd their clean and jerk and snatch. And Thursday, we had 61% PR'd their bench. And on deadlift, which is our highest, we had 68% of the class on Friday, PR their deadlift. Um, so the, I'm really encouraged by these percentages. Just yeah, after, huge. yeah, from a from a programming standpoint, I was I was pleased and happy to see not not only with my own eyes, but now on paper with a little bit of statistics to see you know how how our uh, our athletes perform, and not to mention just people were excited, like people were excited to to hit some some heavy lifts and. Um, I was really encouraged to see that, you know, people weren't too discouraged about not hitting a PR, you know? I know in, internally hitting a PR is such a great feeling that you, you chase it, but then not hitting a PR can be tough sometimes as well. I went through the same thing on, when I tested my front squat on Monday, I hit the same number and it was really frustrating to me. Um, and uh, I know a couple people, you know, like on their snatch, they could hit their numbers and, and whatnot. And it, it can get like that, but as long as we don't let those one or maxes define us, and I kind of want to get into like these percentages um, of why like the front squat, 54%, bench, 61%, deadlift, 68%, you know, versus the Olympic list for both 37%. So, you know, begs the question, you know, why such a, you know, drastic, drastically, almost drastically lower percentage of, of PRs? And um, I think Kieran made a good comparison earlier of like your Olympic lifts are like golf swings. So, you know, some days you you go out and, you know, you can swing it and hit it a good 400 yards and the next day you take some grass out, you know? So um, Olympic lifts are, I think are lower percentages just because there's so many things involved, you know, like mobility, technique. Some days you're off, some days you're on. Um, I also think like your consistency of making it on Tuesdays when we practice the Olympic lifts yeah. greatly affects it. Whereas like if you skipped a few Mondays and you didn't squat every time, like your legs are still strong and it doesn't take that much technique. But like if you haven't snatched in three weeks, like it doesn't feel good trying to snatch really heavy. Yeah, I, I think that's that's really true because if you think the complexity of like the front squat and the deadlift versus the clean jerk and snatch. You know, we, that's why we spend so much time doing some Olympic lifts and foundations. Um, it's tough. And you can ask people that have done our weightlifting class. Um, I mean, they've hit huge PRs. Like Pauline hit a like 25 pound lifetime PR. And that's not because she technically, she like got stronger. Yeah, she got stronger, but she just did it more. And I think the frequency of it helps. So a lot of people that maybe like attended every single Tuesday, probably had maybe a little bit better result than those that say missed Tuesdays or didn't do weightlifting as much, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's just one of those things, you know, whether or not you hit your, hit your goals. Um, yeah, it's just a more complex lifts, lift. Um, there's more things involved versus like a deadlift where you just pick it up off the ground or, I mean, even I PR my deadlift, you know, six years in, I can't, I can't tell you the last time I PR my snatch or clean and jerk. Um, but those are those are not neither here nor there. <laughs> I think maybe also the um, the carryover from other strength exercises mm -hmm. is going to apply to you know PR and 
your, um, you know, front squat or deadlift or those movements where there's not a lot of carryover to Olympic lifting besides just Olympic uh, lifting. Yeah. So that could also be a factor. Yeah, because the only lift you can kind of muscle your way through is a clean. Yeah. A snatch and a jerk, you have to have some technique. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I used to be really thinking about, like, like Will said, everything we do, like, when you program, you have things that are hinging, mm-hmm. you know, that works the same muscles as a deadlift. Or squatting, you lunge, you know, there are things that match a squat. But it's like, oh, what matches a snatch? <laughs> the snatch, yeah. you know, so. Um, it's like doing a bunch of wall balls. That's got good carryover to a front squat. Yeah, but not so much to your snatch. Yeah, right. You know, like your legs are going to be strong, but your technique might, might, might fade a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. So what was the, um, the energy like during uh, the, the workouts when everybody was, uh, you know, going for their one rep maxes? It was pretty cool. It was fun. I thought, I mean, we had... We tried to make a special playlist, but I don't know if anybody noticed it. <laughs> Guys, we're going to need you to message Taylor. Travis. At Coolport CF. Mm-hmm. Travis is supposed to be working on that. Um, so Travis uh, Travis is working on um, a playlist for us because we suck at music. Apparently. I told him, like, I need at least good, like, a, a good four playlists. Like, you need one for, like, a heavy strength session... And then you need rat, well, maybe not screamo, but like Ben would be happy. But um, and then you need one that's just like one for like long cardio. That's not too like you don't want to hype people up at a at the first two minutes of a twenty minute workout, and then they're tanked. And then you know, I hate short. DJing. Yeah. It's just, I would listen to Disney or Broadway, or <laughs> country, let me, let me or anything. Let me tell you. T Swift Tuesdays. Yeah. Yeah. There's it's some days awesome. whenever I get to the gym first and I'm excited because I get to control the radio <laughs> first. <laughs> um, no, I, the energy was really good. Like, it, it's funny, we were so excited. We were like, man, every week should be testing week because we had like attendance highs and numbers. We had people that were changing their on. I mean, somebody broke our PR bell again um, <laughs> and, and it was just really cool getting a lot of videos and people just caring people are hitting like 50 pound PRs yeah like not only caring about their own PRs but like cheering the brother or sister next to them which is really cool um, and like it was just a lot of energy and, and, and a lot of positive energy regardless of whether people PR or not um, and I think that was really good just just giving people something to work for again. Even though the next cycle will have less of a strength focus and more of a conditioning focus, um, I, I think people will still experience some PRs. <clears throat> like we said, like especially with the Olympic lifts, even though we're not t- technically targeting you know the PR snatch or clean and jerk, if they come more Tuesdays or Mondays or whatever the day the Olympic lifts are going to be, if they come more of those days, they, they might end up hitting a PR just like eight weeks in when we don't test it or we lift heavy. I feel like people might be less excited to retest those conditioning workouts because they hurt a lot, but you know. Yeah. But it'd be cool. <laughs> I think when people did, like people came like, oh, I came today because I needed to do the conditioning test. And we're like, oh, cool. Like, so, you know, people want to get better. People, everybody has different goals. You know, and our goal, I, we, we try to match those goals as much as possible. As difficult as, as it may be. But it's always encouraging to have proof that you've gotten better. Yeah. You need numbers. You know, numbers are hard. Mm-hmm. And from a programmer standpoint, that was one thing that, that I really lacked at over the last couple of years is having enough testing, you know? And, like, giving people a, 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 a literally a benchmark or a marker or a date or a number so where people see they progress. Because when you see you progress, it gives you, like, new light, new energy, refocus, refresh. And I guess since I've been doing it so long and I don't, you know, I'm not as motivated by like number PRs, it's it's tough. Uh, I didn't see that as, as clearly. Mm. Yeah. And it's nice when people have numbers to actually base their percentages and stuff off of. Like people like knowing exactly what they're supposed to <laughs> be at versus like, well, my star. <laughs> it's like, I like the color green today, yeah. so I'll need some green plates. <laughs> Or the people who are like, oh, like load up 50%. Oh, your snatch is 270 now. Okay. <laughs> Before we wrap up, there's a lot of stuff coming up, right? So we've got... Oh, yeah. So um, October 13th, we have um, our in-house 
weightlifting meet. So guys, don't be intimidated. This is just an opportunity for if you like didn't feel like your testing day for the snatch and clean and jerk went well, come on in, come lift some heavy weights. Um, so we'll talk more about the rules. I'll send a Facebook invite. Um, and or then, if you're interested in trying out weightlifting class, it could be a good intro. Yeah, and the weightlifting class starts, I believe, October... It's 23rd. 23rd? I think. So I also will double check. That was in the newsletter, guys. Check your emails. Pauline said it was under promotions if you're under Gmail. If you're in Gmail and you have your tabs sorted out. Um, after that, we have kickball. Kickball on the 27th, I believe, October 27th at the nearby park. If you're here for the melee a couple years ago, it's the same park. And then November 17th, double event day, we have the BBF Olympics, the return of the BBF Olympics, which is a fun field day slash CrossFit event. Coaches have teams. You get to like kind of have a team of five or six. And we, it's a fun teamwork kind of day, just a fun way to kind of express your, your fitness, possibly throw dodgeballs at each other, possibly do a little bit of a, a little bit of CrossFit. Do we know who uh, the last reigning champ was for BBF? The last reigning champ? We don't know. I'm not sure. Is that a rhetorical I think it's uh, this girl right here with two thumbs. So in case you guys need a Taylor was pointing to the dog behind her. No. <laughs> so, no. Um, and then later that night, our fourth annual Friendsgiving, I believe fourth annual Friendsgiving uh, that we're having. So potluck style, bring food. Paul bring banana bread. Second annual rival of Paul's banana bread. And then Joel's back. So Joel and I can dominate and spike ball again. And then uh, you can watch Julio and I carve slash destroy a turkey. <laughs> I think that's it. Did I miss anything else? Yeah, that's it. What about a word from our sponsor? A word from uh, our sponsors. This week's sponsor. Uh, water. This week's sponsor, water. So... We were at, uh, last week we were Waterloo, this yeah. week we were Sparkling Polar Seltzer Aid. So with the essence of fresh limes, tart cherry limeade is a great way to quench your thirst. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Guys, hope you enjoyed it. Hope this is better sound. Hope this is better organized. Y'all have a great day. If you hear mouth breathing, it was Allison. <laughs> <laughs>